and welcome back to Of Idiots and Intellect. What's up? I, I didn't introduce you yet. We'll do it now then. I'm here today with Cody. What's up? <laughs> um, pretty much as always, which... Yeah, you're welcome. You've been on for like the last... Oh, I suppose I did one without you last week. That's the first time in a long time yeah. that you haven't been on one. That's true. Um, but then you did one on mine right after that, so... Yeah, because we recorded two for yours last weekend. Yes. So, those were fun. Check those out. Haunted Horrors, his podcast. Super spooky, super cool. They can't see you. Stop making faces. <laughs> <laughs> um, today we're going to be talking about the Brothers Grimm, the Grimm fairy tales, and even some just... Other, other dark fairy tale origins. Yeah, because fairy tales, um, where they come from, it's never been as innocent as Disney seems to nope. want them to be. Not um, one bit. So let's just get right in, huh? Dive so, right in, head first into the shallow end of the pool. Love that. <laughs> Can we do that after this? Yeah, absolutely. Let's find a shallow Yeah. Pool. Okay. Done. Um, so doesn't, every... even, doesn't even need water, just... Right, that's, I mean, what's the point? Exactly. <laughs> um, so everyone knows the stories of Cinderella, Rapunzel, Hansel and Gretel, Little Red Riding Hood, even like um, the wedding of Mrs. Fox and the Godfather, but not the, hey, Godfather, a different kind. I don't know those last two then. Okay. <laughs> do you know the, hey, Godfather? Yes, Have I do. Have you seen that? I haven't seen I've that. I've seen clips. I haven't seen the full thing, though. Yeah. It's weird because mm -hmm. my dad owns it, so I don't know why I haven't watched like the full thing. Yeah. Anyways, so, um, but we actually don't know those real stories. Everyone's like, oh, Rapunzel, the Disney version. I love the Disney version of Rapunzel, but it's not at all. I find that such an <laughs> underrated Disney movie. Oh, That's it's so like good. my top three favorite Disney movies, I think. Yeah, it's so good. I love it. It's so funny. I like, I want to watch Disney movies all the time, or like kids' movies. Especially <clears throat> Zootopia and Rapunzel, those are my favorite ones. And Sean's just like, well, we don't have kids yet, like, you can't. I was like, I can. And I will. There's and a guy I, I went to school with at Flatville that actually looked just like Flynn Rider. Oh, so he was handsome. Eh. Uh, uh, okay. He was okay. <laughs> he was that kind of, like, attractive, handsome that... You find disgusting because you're like, oh, look at you. That's great. <laughs> oh, so you're like perfect. a jealousy okay, thing? Yes. <laughs> okay. That's, that's different from them being okay. That's them being like God level and then you're just pissed. I mean, look at me. Do you see why I'm pissed? <laughs> <laughs> you look like Ricky Martin. What's the problem? <laughs> okay, anyways, moving on. So... All of the classic children's fairy tales have super dark, depressing, and very twisted um, themes and origins, and that's kind of where the Brothers Grimm come into play. Um, the Grimm's fairy tales, originally known as children's and household tales, or Kinder und Hausmachen in German, it's like Hausmachen, but it's not. So, okay. Dybbuk, like Derek, but not at all. <laughs> you, yeah, exactly. If you ever listen to um, Haunted Horrors Dybbuk Box episode, you kind of probably know where that came from. Yeah, and if you don't, go listen to it. Right now. And then come back and finish listening to this. Yeah. No, listen to this Yeah, first. finish listening to this one first, and then yeah. go listen to that one. Don't make them get off track. Okay. So, <laughs> um, so, the Grimm's Fairy Tales, Children's Households Tales, whatever... It's a collection of fairy tales by the Grimm brothers, Jacob and Wilhelm. Very German. It's a very German history. Um, and actually, all of the fairy tales were originally written in German and then translated over to multiple languages after. Um, but the original was published in December 12th of 1812. So that's, that's a ways back. Um, and that one had 86 different stories. By the 7th edition, um, which was published in 1857, there were 210 unique stories in that one. Uh, Jacob Grimm, that's like the perfect name, too, for... Jacob Grimm? <laughs> yeah, like just Grimm. It's so perfect for this Halloween. line of work. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, 
But Jacob Grimm was born in January of 1785, and he lived until September of 1863. So he had a pretty full life, whatever, it's fine. Usually they died way earlier in those days. Um, and he was the eldest of the brothers Grimm. Wilhelm was born a year later after Jacob in February of 1786, and that guy died in December of 1859, so he died way before Jacob, although he was the younger brother. Um, the duo was born to Dorothea Zimmer and Philip Grimm, and were the two of seven or eight children. All of the sources that I found had either seven or eight, but nothing was consistent. That's something I found in researching the history of these guys, is there were a lot of discrepancies between sources. Like, some of them wouldn't name his mother, but named Jacob's wife. He got married when he was 39, and apparently her middle name was Dorothea, oh. which, I don't know. And then they're saying... The one source said that um, Jacob's wife was Henriette Dorothea, which Henriette was his aunt's name, and then Dorothea was his mom, hmm. probably. I don't know exactly what's true. <laughs> I'm just doing the best I can with the information I found, but it was all a little... You just keep doing you. It was a little funky. None of it really was very cohesive. Whatever, it's fine, just... Take this history with a grain of salt. <laughs> yeah, basically. Treat this like it's CNN. Um, or Fox. Fox News. <laughs> um, so, Philip, their father, held a prestigious position in association with law, and when the boys were old enough, they were sent to school for a classical education. However, tragedy struck in 1796 when their father died at the age of 44 from pneumonia. So, yeah, whoops. Um, <laughs> so... Please silence all cell phones. How about you silence... You know what? I'm going to silence you with my fist in a second here. Bet. Ow, my face! No. <laughs> Sound effects pro. <laughs> Go us. Um, so, I always want to say pneumonia when pneumonia... Oh, that's how it's spelled. I thought you just had a stroke. <laughs> no, pneumonia. Okay. Um, the family lost nearly all sources of income when their father died, and they relied heavily on their aunt Henriette. Probably, maybe that was Jacob's wife. I don't know. No one knows. Um, Henriette Zimmer and their grandfather Johann Hermann Zimmer. Uh, Jacob was considered head of the household at the ripe old age of 11 years old. So that's cool. Talk about man in the house. Yeah. Um, after downsizing their home due to obvious financial reasons, the two boys went to study at Lyceum. I think that's how you pronounce it. Um, which uh, was a prestigious high school in Castle. Their grandfather encouraged them to be the best students they could be, and shortly after the boys began their attendance, he also died. Wait a second. <laughs> they got sent to private school in a castle. No, like the city castle. K-A-S-S-E-L. Oh. oh. Never mind. German. <laughs> got it. Yes. I Maybe mean, it German was in a castle, it was, could have been in a castle, too. <laughs> yeah. It probably was. Um, Rude. So their grandfather died, too. Jacob and Wilhelm began following in their father's footsteps, pursuing law, and apparently studying more than 12 hours a day. Turbo nerds. <laughs> um, and Jacob graduated ahead of his class in 1802. Wilhelm, due to contracting scarlet fever, he graduated a year later, but also was head of his class. So they were smart. Whatever. Yeah. Okay. okay. <sighs> Jealous, but it's fine. No, because I had fun. I had fun when I went to school. Right. Um, both boys received dispensations, so basically scholarships, to attend the University of Marburg, which they wouldn't have been granted normal admittance to because of their social standing. They were poor, whatever, because their father died, I guess. 
Um, but at this university, they were heavily influenced by Frederick Carl von Savendi. Sa- Seventy. That's Seventy Show. S a v i g n a y. There's no a. There's a y. Oh. I forgot. Oh my god! I forgot the alphabet. Oh wow! Okay. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, he was a professor there. So during their studies, they were also influenced by philosopher Johann Gottfried von Herder. Whenever I see the name Gottfried, I just like, Gottfried? Gottfried chicken? KFC? Oh. <laughs> Moving on. I hate that our KFC closed. I think a lot of them closed, didn't they? No, just ours, oh. as far as I know. There was something going on, a bunch of them closed, but maybe that's just. It was just apparently really disgusting inside. Yeah, so they that's were like, true. no, you don't get to stay open. Gross. Well, you shouldn't be sad that they closed then because you could have had like cockroaches in the bottom of your chicken bag. Okay, but I never did because I always got that famous bowl and that was like the best thing in the entire world because you also got a chocolate chip cookie with it. <laughs> because of the cookie? You could get a cookie anywhere. I mean, you're right, but. Mashed potatoes, corn, and chicken. Yum. Rechex mashed potatoes are way better. Their ch- cheesy hash browns are good, but they're plain mashed potatoes. All right, listeners don't know what Rechex are. We should probably. <laughs> it's like a, it's the <clears throat> small town grocery store. Okay. Anyways, so the <laughs> Brothers Grimm, um, their mother died in 1808, too, so everyone's just dead at this point. Wow, um, lucky them. <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, Jacob was 23, and yet again, all of the responsibilities fell onto his shoulders, so he was taking care of all the siblings, all that stuff, whatever. Um, So they continued studying. At some point, Jacob um, went to war, the Napoleon Wars, and he went to study in France, and Wilhelm joined him, and there was all sorts of... A lot of other stuff happened, but... I kind of want to get into the stories because those are the more exciting parts. So. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> um, by 1816, the brothers Grimm had decided that they wanted to pursue literary research. Uh, Jacob is recognized for enunciating Grimm's Law, the Germanic sound shift, which was the first non-trivial systematic sound change to be discovered. Uh, this created a turning point in linguistics and allowed for the introduction of an intense methodology in historic linguistic research. So not only did they bring us all these um, fairy tales that brought us all the Disney movies we love, but they made waves in literary history as well. Um, should we do a quick story then? We've, I have see. a question for you since you did most of the history research on this. Uh-huh. Did you come across anything as to like... What got them into writing the way they do, like, as gruesome and dark or whatever? Um, no. I wanted to dig more into that, but I was throwing up all night last night, so that oh, took, uh, that's, took that's away fair. some research time. That's fair. <laughs> Just in case anyone was curious, I ate some bad chicken, so... <laughs> um, yeah, but, I don't know. The professor and the philosopher that I mentioned earlier, um, those guys were big influences on um, their career switch. So they wanted to pursue literary research from those guys. Um, But in terms of why they write so dark and twisted, it could just be the stories themselves that they maybe put a darker twist Mm. on. Probably with everyone dying, that would... Maybe affect your psychological. I'll do it. (laughs) Whatever. So, uh, let's see. What story should we do? I don't know. There's so many good ones. I have a... Okay, this one very much um, exhibits how dark most of these are. The Death of the Little Hen. Yeah. Did you see that one at all? No. Okay. So, this hen and rooster go on an adventure... And while out, the hen finds a huge nut that she just doesn't want to share because she's a selfish bitch. And uh, <laughs> Same. And um, so she eats it by herself and proceeds to choke on it. That's what she so, fucking gets. Right. Um, and the rooster 
tries to go get her water to stop her from choking, but he has to go over so many obstacles that by the time he gets back, she's already dead. Oh, is this the is this the one where it's like, I'll give you the water if you get me this and so on and so forth. He goes, I'll oh, just never. Okay, I don't never think mind. So, um, so then he wants to give her a proper burial. And he just sets out to do that. At some point, he's joined on a cart with other animals, but the cart becomes too heavy and tips over into a river, and then all of the animals drown, except for the rooster, and he continues to try and bury the hen. He finally is able to, but then he's so sad that he also dies. So. Moral of the story, don't help people. No, moral (laughs) of the story, don't be selfish and try to eat a giant nut by yourself. At least cut up into smaller pieces. She was a hen. What was she going to do? Peck at it. I don't know. They have strong beaks, don't they? <laughs> they do. So have you, you ever go. been chased by a chicken? It's the worst. I don't... I hope not. I <laughs> I don't know. If I, I did, it's probably locked somewhere in the back of in your my memory. brain. It's a terrible memory. Um, the barn that I... Is that you? Under yes. There? Okay. The barn that I rode at had this blind chicken. And she... <laughs> She was really pretty, um, and her name was Chicken Girl. (laughs) Oh, that was clever. And the rooster there was Chicken Guy, (laughs) just to let you in on that little creative tidbit. Love that. But um, she was blind, and she didn't chase anyone, but she would always chase me. I don't know what it was. I think I, like, I stomped at her once. I didn't, like, stomp her, but I stomped at her to, like, try to get her to move once. And after that, she would just chase me. Like, so I, she was 100% blind. She would run into doors. She would run into, like, so dogs. She would run into a bunch of stuff. But she would chase me, and it was terrible. So you'd try to, like, maneuver your way. She knew that barn really okay. well, though. So Terrible. Would you, would you say that you were a chick magnet? <laughs> I don't swing that way, but yeah. <laughs> You know what I said to Sean the other day? Because we want to get chickens when we get land. Uh And I was like, it's going to be great because when you're taking care of these chickens, you are literally going to be a chicken tender. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Okay, so... Chicken magnet and chicken tender. Got it. um, We're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, we're going to get into the nitty gritty of... All of our favorite stories, like Cinderella, Rapunzel, mm-hmm. what else you got? Uh, we got Little Mermaid, we got Beauty and the Beast, we got... We have a Red, little bit on Peter Pan, too, Peter right? Peter Pan, Red Riding Hood. Um, yeah. We got a bunch got of stuff. Got some good ones. I'm very excited. Oh, okay. Sleeping Beauty. Sleeping Beauty. That one creeps me out anyways. Snow White, too. We're going to touch on <clears> Snow White. Not... A lot. My nose itches. Don't look at me like I'm picking it. I'm just itching it. But <laughs> um, Snow White creeps me out too because like mm-hmm. all these princes just getting up in there when they're unconscious. Okay, we're going to take a break. sticking with us through the break uh so we're just gonna get right into some of stop mocking me we're just gonna get right into uh some of the stories we're gonna start with cinderella because everyone knows cinderella can you i'm gonna hit you again (laughs) um you did it the first time that was a sound effect you made they aren't supposed to know that (laughs) (laughs) um so cinderella was originally ashenputtel which is very german I think it almost translates literally to um, chimney cleaner or something like that. Um, I would believe that. So, what do you got? I have that Cinderella was actually traced back to China in 9th century AD. Oh. And was not introduced to the Western world until 1634. Okay. By... Um... Giam Batista Basil, Basil, Brazil, um, by the title of, well, this was translated to English, the cat Cinderella. The cat Cinderella? Like meow, cat, uh, C-A-T. Huh. Okay. 
Um, and that story was even, to me, it was slightly more gruesome than the Brothers Grimm version. Okay. So what's their <clears throat> version? Um, their version is, um, like in the Disney one, yes, she, I mean, he, her father was a widowed who remarries mm-hmm. once. Okay. But in this story, uh, he remarries twice. Alright. And the first one, the first uh, stepmother, the governess told Cinderella to snap her neck on the f- of the first stepmother with the lid of a dressing trunk. What? So, like, take your stepmom's head... Put her in. Put it in his dressing trunk. Slam the lid down. Snap her neck. That or like knock her over and another like break her neck or something like that. Didn't say exactly how specifically. Just Ew. broke her neck with the lid of a dressing trunk. I feel like that in itself is pretty specific. And then the governess married him. Okay. And the governess banished Cinderella to um, the kitchen where she was. A servant. Mm-hmm. Oof. And in the movie, like in the Disney version, she loses a glass slipper. Mm-hmm. But she loses a fur slipper. Fur slipper in that version? Yes. See, I think in the Brothers Grimm version, it's a gold slipper. Yes. Yeah. Were there stepsisters in that version? There would almost have to be. That's like the whole premise. Um, I believe there were, yes. They didn't specifically mention it, but I did see a couple, like, artist paintings. Oh, with, okay. And there were, like, kind of, like, stepsister-esque situations yeah. in there. Um, so in the Brothers Grimm version, after, after the ball, after all that stuff, whatever, when the prince and his servants are coming around the city and the townships, and trying to find the perfect fit, um, the stepsisters are offered the shoes. One stepsister cuts off a toe to try and fit into it. Yep. <laughs> Can you imagine cutting off your own toe? Like, no guy is that worthy of you cutting off your own body part. Are you kidding? No, thanks. Yeah, no. No. Um, the other stepsister cuts off her entire heel try and fit into the slipper yep so that's cool would you would you be able to do either of those no absolutely not yeah no me either no prince is worth it absolutely not Hmm. no amount of money yeah um oh and their punishment at the end for mistreating poor ashen putel is having their eyes pecked out by birds yep disney uh Disney changed it quite a bit. Just a little. Just a little. Just a touch. Um, I don't even remember the Disney version that much. Also... There was no fairy godmother. Yeah. In this, in either of these originals. Yeah, in the Brothers Grimm version, <clears throat> there's a wishing tree. And that's yes. how she does it, but there's no fairy godmother. Which a wishing tree is innocent enough. They didn't have to change that's that. That's true. And then in the... Stage adaption of the Brothers Grimm's Fairy Tales Into the Woods musical. I saw that. That was good. Did you see the movie or did you see the stage I version? I saw the stage version here in really? town. Really? Oh, yeah. yeah. They did a really good job here. Yeah. Um, the wishing tree was actually Cinderella's mother's spirit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's um, the wishing tree in the Grimm's version came what? from her mother's grave. Right. So, Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Well, should we do Rapunzel next? We can do Rapunzel next. I love that movie. It's way more innocent than... Do you have, like, the origin? I have the origin of of where the story came from to begin with. Okay. Let me just wrap the story itself up, and then we'll go into... You discuss the Grimm's version, and then I'll go into other details. So, the Grimm version... Well, all of these versions are very grim. <laughs> I hate that. 
Um, anyways, so while Rapunzel's mother was pregnant, her husband uh, would sneak over to their neighbors and steal some rampion. I don't know what that is. Um, it's is it like a type a... of v- vegetable. Vegetable. Okay. Um, <laughs> anyway, so he would go over, steal some stuff, because she was craving that specifically. I don't know why they just didn't grow it themselves, but that's fine. Be a thief, whatever. Eventually, he's caught, and uh, he's forced to promise their child to their neighbor, Dame Gothel, who turns out to be an evil <clears throat> enchantress. Fun. Uh, once the baby is born, she is locked in a tower that can really only be entered um, by way of climbing her incredibly long blonde hair, like mine, you know. You can't get in a window with this, though. Don't touch it. Ow! Um, How would you like that, but, like, <laughs> 20 million times harder? <laughs> like, no. Ow. How did it not, like, pull out of her head? Yeah, I don't, a full-grown-ass man using your hair as a rope? There's Averaging no maybe, like, at least 185. Yeah. Ugh. Look at us complaining about this, even though none of these <laughs> stories have any realistic yeah, components true. whatsoever. Um, so, anyways, she's locked in this tower. One day, the king's son goes by and figures out how to get into the tower, and he and Rapunzel fall madly in love. Aww. Shh. No. <laughs> he continues to visit her, but when Dame Gothel finds out, she cuts off Rapunzel's hair and banishes her to the desert. She also blinds the king's son, so that's good stuff. Oh, and at this time, Rapunzel was pregnant. Yep. So uh, while she was in the desert, she gave birth to twins. And this one kind of has a sweet ending, though, because eventually, even though the king's son is blind, he still finds his way to Rapunzel in the desert, and they live happily ever after. I found a note that said his sight was restored also. Once they were reunited. Maybe. And just, that was like, I feel like that was a capo because they didn't know how to end the story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like SNL skits, how they end them. Yeah. No one knows how to end an SNL skit anymore. <clears throat> All right, so what's the deeper history of Rapunzel? So, though? Rapunzel, this whole entire story is actually based on a real-life event. A real-life event. Okay. Um, It's pulled from... It's a mix of, like, two different stories. Okay. Um, The true story is based off a girl named St. Barbara who was locked in a tower by her own father. Okay. Um, Guys, like, would be lining up at first to meet her because of how gorgeous she was and this and that, and they wanted to meet her and be her suitor and everything like that. But her father refused to let any of them see her until they all went through a type of interview process with him. Because he would be the one to select her husband. That sounds like most dads, alright. <laughs> Especially back then. Um, they got into a really big argument. Uh, she basically said, I have free will. I'm allowed to pick my own suitor. You don't get to choose him. Mm-hmm. He was not happy with that. Mm-hmm. So he... Picked, he would constantly be picking out a few and be like, okay, choose from these. And she basically just rebelled and say, no, I don't want any of them. Yeah. Same. <laughs> <laughs> um, he would be, go- he uh, got this job where he was, go- he was gone a lot and had to be away and travel a lot. It wasn't there to keep an eye on her. Okay. So he hired townspeople to build this giant tower that she would be locked in. Oh no. <laughs> and people would bring her like food and other supplies so she wouldn't die. Seems like a good quality of life. Where uh, she would lower a basket from the tower and they would put the supplies in the basket and she would pull the basket back up. Mm. And uh, there was one time where they, someone put in a Bible. Mm. And because of like her loneliness and at the time being part of the Christian religion was found illegal. Oh, okay. Um, she rebelled drastically, asked the constructors to put in three windows 
each signifying Father, Son, Holy Spirit, which she knew would piss her dad off. And then they, <laughs> and then she asked for a priest to come there to baptize her. So she got baptized, became Christian. Once her father found out, he... Changes religion to piss off dad. <laughs> yeah, basically. Um, cause, because it was illegal, the pun it was punishable by torture and death. Sweet. <laughs> so her dad returned and found out, became furious, dragged her by her hair to the Roman courts to turn her into authorities. Uh, people tortured her by cutting her skin with knives, throwing salt in her wounds, and burning her skin. Hmm. And when she finally was weak enough, weak and near death, her father chopped off her head with a sword. Fun. Yeah. That's good stuff. So that's half of where they came from. All right. <laughs> the other half came from, um, like, the long hair specifically came from the Persian epic, The Book of Kings. Mm -hmm. From 1000 CE, it tells the origin stories of men who would someday become royalty. Um, in ancient Persia, two lovers used a tower as their secret hiding place because their families were enemies. So it was kind of like a Romeo and Juliet kind of situation. Yeah, I was going to say that. Um, but the female would run up to the top of the tower, drop her hair out of the window as a sort of signal that she was there. So not so much the climbing, but she had like long, flowy, oh, gorgeous so hair. so like, here's my hair, come bang me? Basically. Okay. I am here, come do me. Right. <laughs> so okay. yeah, that's where that part came from. So combining that together, we have the story of Rapunzel, basically. Huh. Okay. Or at least the true story origin. That's, that's fascinating. That's kind of, that's weird. There's no evil enchantress, but of course, in a fairy tale, you have to have either an evil enchantress or an evil stepmom. There's no... I have some sort of witch. There's no in-between. Bitchy witch. Witchy witch. Bitchy witch. Bitchy witch. I was like, witchy witch. <laughs> WikiLeaks? <Okay. laughs> um, oops. Um, so let's see, what else we got? Should we do... Uh, Let's do Little Red Riding Hood. Yeah. That one, it's so, like, it scared me as a kid a little bit, just as the innocent version, because mm -hmm. I was like, this big bad wolf is going to try to eat this little girl? No thanks, I'm not going to the woods by myself. Right. But uh, it's way worse than that. There are multiple different versions of this, too, that yeah. tell different versions of the ending and like the situation yeah there's like because a lot of the ones that i watched when i was a kid it would just be like grandma wasn't home or like the wolf shooed grandma out of the house mm -hmm. kind of thing like there's a lot of disney or looney tune versions yeah of them where they're like here no out granny yeah go away yeah and then you just see granny with a suitcase in the sidewalk outside the house <laughs> Like hitching a cab or something, but uh, the Looney Tunes one was actually one of my favorite versions. I, I think <laughs> it's so cute. Um, but that's not what happened at all mm -hmm. in the original. It's way worse than that. Yeah. Um, one reason why Disney kind of hasn't adapted this one out of like all the others is because there's no way to really change the ending where yeah you the can't... wolf eats Little Red Riding Hood yeah or eats someone. Yeah. Spooky. Because otherwise that just defeats the whole purpose of the story. Right. Yeah, there's no triumph at the end for people. Well, one of the versions I heard there was. So, okay, one of the endings... Essentially the build-up is the same. Mm -hmm. It's always like she's taking food to her grandmother. Right. She goes through the woods by herself. She has this little red hood, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> But, um, there's, it's always, like, the ending that's different and very mm -hmm. gruesome. The one ending that I always remember is the wolf finds her and asks her, well, where are you going? I don't know why the wolf doesn't eat her initially. Then it'd be way less effort. She's already there. You're right. Just do that. No witnesses. It's fine. Right. It's like, then it's done. The deed is done. Whatever. Okay. 
<laughs> like that's the part that should like be irritating about right. the story. <laughs> exactly. Um, so he's like, oh, where are you going? She's like, oh, I'm going to my grandmother's house. Like, shut up, bitch. And so then he goes to the grandma's house, eats the grandma, then dresses up as her. Mm-hmm. And um, little Red Riding Hood gets there. Oh, grandma, what big teeth you have. Oh, the better to eat you with. Yeah, okay. And then he eats little Red Riding Hood, mm-hmm. too. And then satisfied, he like strolls through the woods, picking his teeth with a toothpick, whatever. <sighs> then uh, this hunter finds him. Kills him, cuts him open. The grandma and little Red Riding Hood fall out, perfectly intact, alive, everything. And then they fill his belly with rocks, mm-hmm. sew him back up, and drown him in the river. So, that yeah, happened. That's basically the gist of the Grimm's one, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Do you have another version? Um, I have a couple different ending versions, yes. Yeah. Um... There's one by Charles Perrault from the 17th century. Um, he... There was this attractive young girl tricked into her granny's bed by a wolf. She removes her clothes and eaten without, without like a huntsman or anything saving her. Oh. How does she... She just gets into the bed with I I think so, but I think... Like... piecing between like into the woods because into the woods takes all the Grimm's fairy tales and like falls on pretty precisely right and taking this one putting notes together there's something along the lines of a rape happening oh yeah and then she gets eaten huh okay (laughs) I um like I think the storyline overall plot was a whole aside from like it being a wolf like there's this guy who's preying on this little girl uh, rapes her kills her sort of a situation yeah but turned into like a wolf little girl saved so at the end September thing like yeah yeah as predatorial and yeah. more friendly quote unquote like, air yeah. quotes. <laughs> So just don't talk to strangers. Stranger danger. <laughs> um, there are other versions where she, Little Red Riding Hood unwittingly cannibalizes her grandmother and drinks a wine glass of her blood that the wolf left out for her. Okay, what now? <laughs> How does she accidentally cannibalize the grandmother? No, not accidentally. Oh, I don't know. Unwittingly. Maybe the wolf cooked her up or something. It was like, here, eat this. Oh, okay. Look at this. Yummy food. Yay. Oof. The wolf would still be hungry, though, right? That is one twisted wolf. Like, here, I'm going to watch you eat your grandma, and then I'm going to eat, eat you. you. Yeah. I guess that's technically killing two birds with one stone. <laughs> Until the stones are inside his stomach. Yikes. Literally. So that's killing the wolf with multiple stones. There, yep. <laughs> okay. Basically. Um... <clears throat> is that all you got for Red Riding Yeah, Hood? basically. Okay. So I have just a little bit on Snow White. Um, I didn't have enough time to really dig in too That's deep. Fair. but um, There's just so much with this one. Yeah, there are so many changes um, in comparison to the Disney adaptions mm-hmm. that it's just it's so much to get into. Um, but in... The Grimm's version of Snow White, the evil queen was originally written as her own mother, who still wanted to kill her, Um, and that was in 1812, but she was rewritten as her stepmom in 1819. Um, So essentially, the evil queen wanted uh, the huntsman to cut out Snow White's lungs and liver so she could eat them. Fun stuff. I don't like liver of any kind, do you? Absolutely not. Yeah, me either. I don't know how people can eat that. Ugh. Um, but, <laughs> side note. Right. Uh, the Evil Queen is also forced to dance in red hot iron shoes until she dies as her punishment at the end. So, something that I do like about a lot of these stories is that whoever has been 
the wrongdoer is usually punished in a severe way. Oh, absolutely. So that's great. But also, sometimes in a lot of these stories, everyone just dies. Like the death of the little hen that we read before the yep. break. Just everyone's dead. It's fine. Everything's fine. <clears throat> I, yeah. These are so... Like, grim. They're grim. Yeah. That's... Basically. I'm going to hit you again. You made the joke literally half a second after I, know, I did. I but I made the joke. You can't make the joke. Oh, I'm so sorry. Um, like, there's this one story, The Singing Bone. I just, I can't get over how twisted some of these are. Literally, the first sentence of The Singing Bone of the Grimm fairy tales reads, In a certain country, there was once great lamentation over a wild boar that laid waste to the farmer's fields, killed the cattle, and ripped up people's bodies with his tusks. That is a strong first sentence for a, like a children's for a children's story. I don't know, man. But so the Grimm's fairy tales were very grim, very dark, very twisted. What else we got? We got. But other... so are a lot of other fairy tale right. origins that aren't just by the Grimm Who's brothers. Who's telling their ch small children these terrible stories originally? I think it's I think it's kind of like similar to the whole Santa Krampus thing where it's like it's to scare you for good moral reasons. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Well, let's get into some of the other stories that aren't necessarily by the Grimm brothers, um, but have been adapted into Disney films. Yeah. From so, really unfortunate origins. Dark series of unfortunate events. Oh. oh. My life. Um. um continue. <laughs> So, like I mentioned with the, with Cinderella, um, the writer Giambattista Basil. Brazil? <laughs> Braziers? But not. <laughs> um, he wrote another dark one, which appeared in the same book as his Cinderella one did, mm -hmm. called, uh... It was in his, uh, Basil's Pentamarone. Okay. Which I'm assuming is just, like, a weird, like, chapter book type of situation. Yeah. Short um, stories. This one was called Sun, Moon, Talia, which was also released in 1632, basically where Disney pulled the story of Sleeping Beauty from. Okay. And in this story, her name was... Talia, not um, whatever it is in... Aurora. Aurora, yeah. Okay. Um, the only similar situation that Disney pulled from this mm -hmm. was upon birth, the princess is cursed with threat of a splinter, and when, grown, when she's grown, is pricked and falls into eternal slumber. Okay. All right. That's the only part that they... They're just like, they I like this of. one part. Let's yep. just build a whole film around yep. it. Basically. Because um, the true story of this one was instead of being laid peacefully in a bed, covered up all pretty, mm -hmm. her father laid her in a velvet chair and left her forever. Abandoned the castle, just up and left. Okay, see ya. I'm um, not your dad anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Um, a king comes along, finds her, and is so... Creepy. Like, basically, <laughs> but is so, like, enthralled with her beauty mm -hmm. that he rapes and impregnates her. While she's while, unconscious? Yes. Cool. She gives birth to twins named Sun and Moon. And Who, Okay, who named these kids? Because, one, they're terrible at naming... And two, it wasn't her. She was asleep. I mean, unless she named them after she woke up. I mean. Because while the twins were looking for breast milk, one of them <laughs> sucks the splinter from her finger and she wakes up. Okay. But, which, okay. Was she just alone with these twins? Like, yeah. no one delivered them? They just... Yep. She just kind of just popped right out after nine months probably and... Well, that doesn't happen. <laughs> Like anything else does in this story, right. but... Um, but, uh, 
as soon as the queen finds out that her ki that the king did that to someone that wasn't her, mm -hmm. she ordered that the babies be cooked and fed to him. Fucking what? So the cook hides them and serves him goat instead. The queen tries to burn Talia in a fire, but the king intercepts and throws her into the fire and burns her alive. And then... <laughs> this story is wild from start to finish. And then Talia and the king marry and live happily ever after as predator and wife. Yikes. Not a fan. Um, it's like, oh, these children are yours and I didn't know about it because I was sleeping? I think I love you. Okay, done. Fine. You saved my life. Thank you. Let me uh, marry you. Shut up. But later, Charles Peraltz introduced fairies to the story in Briar Rose and replaced the king with a handsome prince and made the prince's mother an evil queen. And in this version, she threatened to eat the kids herself and in attempt, and attempted to throw Sleeping Beauty in a viper pit. Prince saves her and the queen jumps to her death. Why do you gotta eat the kids though? I don't get it. Like, what do the kids do to you? Like, right? They're they're children. <laughs> like, they literally did nothing. That's the point. That's their children. Exactly. I don't. <laughs> but yeah, so that's a fun one. All right. Well, that's a trip from like you said, start to finish. Yeah, I, I don't understand. It's like Hansel and Gretel too, which was a Grimm's um, fairy yeah. tale. Why do Why do you gotta eat the kids? Why are you trying to eat the kids? I don't know. Oh, that had another really good. Backstory that the Grimm brothers pulled from. Really? Yeah. Should we do that now? Yeah, let me just pull that up and talk about that for a hot sec because that is intense. All right, we're I... going to take a quick break then because I got to blow my nose and probably pee a little. So. <laughs> Sounds good. Thanks for sticking with us through another break. Uh, now we're going to talk about what, Hansel and Gretel. Yeah, so... Hansel and Gretel. <laughs> so everyone knows the whole story with them, the whole brother and sister um, going through the woods, leaving a trail of breadcrumbs, mm -hmm. finds a gingerbread house of a witch. Long story short, throws them in the oven and eats them. And that's the story. Moving on. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, that was actually pulled from another story, which I find even more disturbing. Okay. Because... What's more disturbing than cooking live children? Fattening them up with your gingerbread house, and then... True. Um, but the original fairy tale that they took inspiration from was called The Lost Children, where in an early piece of folklore, the children weren't even lucky enough to find the house. Or a house. Oh. So instead, they come across a woman who tells them to hide because her husband, who literally is the devil, not just like, oh, he acts like the devil. He is the devil. She's married to the devil. Why would you marry the devil? Because she's evil. I don't know. Okay. Um, otherwise, the devil will eat them. The devil smells the children... The Christian children. Ah, that is There it key. is. There's the key. <laughs> Christian children locks them in a barn where he tries to fatten them up. When they were ready to be consumed, the devil pulled out a sawhorse and asked the boy to get on so he can bleed him. They pretend to misunderstand, not knowing what he's asking, and when the devil's wife begins to demonstrate, they tie her to the sawhorse, slit her throat, before making off with all the devil's gold. Yikes. So the devil just kind of sat there and watched watched them do that to his wife? I mean, the devil the got some sort of sacrifice out of it, so I don't think he cared. Okay. Minus the gold situation. Right. Okay. But yeah. Well, that's gross. Just here, child. Sit on this so I can bleed you out. Okay. Not I, would pretend, I would pretend to know fuck you was talking about either. Like, uh, fucking what? <laughs> Can I'm you sorry. repeat that for me louder for the people in the back? <laughs> Did you hear that, Gretel? Oh, no. <laughs> um, 
Okay, I don't like that. No. I don't like that. Because then there are like the other versions like where it's a happier ending and instead they trick the witch and they shove her in the oven, turn it on and run away. Yeah. I, uh, I like the Bugs Bunny version the best. <laughs> I that like the Mickey cute. Mouse one. Mickey, I don't think I've seen that one. It's really cute because it's, I think it's like one of those, um, I think it's called like the Fantastic or One 2000s uh, or whatever. Okay. Where it's all just like orchestral music. No, oh, like the Fantasia? Yes, that one, Fantasia. Okay. Um, where that's a situation where Mickey, Minnie, or Hansel and Gretel find this house with all the sweets and... Long story short, they shove the witch in the oven, which burns up, and they run away happy and joyous and free. With really that is fun better. with really fun music. That is better. Someone still dies, but that is better for a child's that story which, than the That which always creeped alone. me out though. Yeah, that a lot of the Fantasia ones always did for me when I was little. Yeah. But I think watching them now, I'd be like, wow, this is such a masterpiece. Honestly though. Um Let's talk about Peter Pan. Peter Pan was always, like, my favorite Disney yeah. one when I was little. <clears throat> um, Peter Pan first debuted in The Little White Bird as an Infant, and this was written by J.M. Uh, Barry, which was The Little White Bird was a novel for adults that came out in 1902. Okay. And later... It was turned into a play in 1904. Okay. What was that play about? Do you know? Uh, it was Peter Pan. It, it was, was called, just Peter Pan? It was called Peter Pan or otherwise known as... If I'm on the right page here... Cinderella Snow White. There are like a lot of different versions of Peter Pan. Like there's the one with... Um... I'm on oh, the right God. page. Robin Williams, Hook. the live action one. Hook. I think that one's yeah. good, yeah. Um, there's a lot of theories surrounding Peter Pan, too, mm -hmm. where like the Lost Boys are just dead children. That's why they never grow up. Yeah. Stuff like that. Um, I'm thinking we might even be able to have. Oh, here have... it is. Sorry. Um, it was otherwise known as The Boy Who Wouldn't Grow Up. Like for play. That sounds like my boyfriend. Yeah. <laughs> um, Except I don't think he kills children. Yeah, I don't think so either, but... Let's hope not. You know, there's always those romantic surprises. Oof. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's one excerpt from this story that's super creepy and kind of just chilling. Um, it's, quote, The boys on the island vary, of course, in numbers according as they get killed and so on. And when they seem to be growing up, which is against the rules, Peter thins them out, but at this time there were six of them, counting the twins as two. Mm. So, like... Yeah, just, well, yeah, he kills them. Yeah. As they get older. Kills them to keep them from aging. There's theories about Tinkerbell, even, and all sorts of stuff. Really? Yeah. I didn't know there were theories about Tinkerbell. I think there's a couple Which, out I mean, there. Which doesn't surprise me that there aren't. Yeah. But... Um, so I think we might do a separate episode just on all the Peter Pan theories, because mm -hmm. it's a little... It ruins your childhood, but it's right. fun. <laughs> oh, absolutely. A lot of these are kind of fun, though. Yeah. Like, the whole premise so, yeah. was that, like, Captain Hook was a lost boy that was able to escape... Mm -hmm. Right? And then that's why he and Peter Pan are enemies. Yeah. Okay. Um, but it was believed that this story came from his, uh, J.M. Barry's own childhood experience of losing his brother. Oh. There were grisly scenes in this, including Wendy nearly dying after being shot with an arrow, Peter left to drown, and Hook eaten by a crocodile. Nice. <laughs> okay. All right, yeah, I think we might just do a separate episode on those. Because there's a lot of stuff, and it's really cool. Um, we also have, what, The Little Mermaid? We have The Little Mermaid. Okay, let's do that one. Um, the Little Mermaid was an 1837 story by 
Danish writer Hans Christian Andersen, which a lot of people know that name. Yep. He's like the, I want to say the second most well-known next to the Grimm brothers. Yeah. And his version of mermaids in his story were soulless creatures who dissolved into sea foam when they died. And whereas the humans were promised a beautiful afterlife. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of different adaptations, mm-hmm. like pulling ideas from this, mm-hmm. with mermaids like dying and then they turn into sea foam, and that's why you never find the bodies and right. all sorts of stuff. Actually, I want to do an episode on the possibility of real mermaids. Yeah. Cause it, I, I used to believe like, oh, uh, it could happen, and now I'm like, uh. Well, but I mean, it's just fun whole... to think about. There's the aquatic ape theory, and that's really fun. I mean, there's the whole, like, sirens thing, too, yeah. where those are technically mermaids. Yeah, so there's a lot around mermaids themselves, and I think we're going to do a separate episode just on that and, like, the scientific possibility mm-hmm. of them actually having ever existed. Right. So with this one, there were... A couple things that Disney did pull and to put into their adaption of it, mm-hmm. which is her wanting to be human, and the only way to be human is finding a man who will love her more than anything. She visits a sea witch, and there's a prince that loves her. Mm-hmm. But the real story behind it um, was she was she didn't want to become human for the sole purpose of the boy. Right. She wanted it because she wanted the better afterlife when she died. Yeah. Yeah, Disney. It's not just about the guys. Exactly. <laughs> you, don't just, you don't just marry the first guy you meet and then throw yourself on the closest object and cry. Right. <laughs> like every single <laughs> Disney movie. <laughs> yeah. Just, oh, so dramatic. Unless you are... I love him. <laughs> sorry, unless you are Cinderella who literally runs out of her house, runs around to her courtyard... And throws herself on a bench. Right. <laughs> where everyone else, Ariel throws herself on the nearest rock. Mm-hmm. Um, Belle throws herself on the bed. Like, yeah. everything else is literally right there, except Cinderella, who's overdramatic, and just goes Runs. on a little <laughs> lap. Seven miles <laughs> on to get to something to dramatically throw herself over. I digress about that, though. <laughs> um, but it was said that if she didn't, marry i mean if he didn't marry her she'd die cool (laughs) instead of just turn back into a mermaid right and well did she have like a time frame like you only have two weeks to get him to marry you kind of yeah um i was actually just gonna get into that part with where she meets the sea witch well how dare i interrupt you then yeah continue (laughs) fucking rude (laughs) um she goes and deals with the sea witch and is to, she's supposed to travel through thousands of polypi that cling to anything, including skeletons and a mermaid they've caught and strangled. Cool, right? And there is one quote that I found from the story that the sea witch explained to her about like the situation of becoming human. Mm-hmm. Um, she was instead of like signing her life away like she does in the movie, mm-hmm. she's given this potion from the witch and this whole thing says without even asking her asking of her wish the sea witch offers the little mermaid a a drought that will give her legs at a high cost quote i will prepare a drought for you which with which you must swim to land tomorrow before sunrise and sit down on the shore and drink it your tail will then disappear and shrink up into what mankind calls legs and you will feel great pain as if a sword were passing through you. At every step you take, it will feel as if you were treading upon sharp knives and that the blood must flow. If you will bear all this, I will help you. Yeah. That was the worst part. Yeah. Because can you imagine that? Every time you take a step, it feels like you're just on shattered glass. Right. That I couldn't even believe that. Because I have stepped on glass and it hurts. Yeah. I suppose, though, if it's something that you deal with your entire life, you kind of just get used to it. I mean, I guess. Well, it's still kind of a pain in the ass, though. Or a pain in the foot, I guess. Right. <laughs> and she was only too... 
stay human and pass on into the better afterlife if the prince loves her back and marries her. Mm -hmm. If she fails, the witch got to cut off her tongue. Oh, so that's where the lost voice comes in for the Disney version. Basically. All right. Um, Still very different, but... It was, it's an unfortunate ending because the prince did love her, but didn't love her more than anything, and he marries someone else. Oh, rude. And the only way to save herself from death was to stab the prince to death. Oh. But she refuses... Ending her life on Earth and in the ocean. Great. That's great. Thanks, Just... Disney. <laughs> Here, you fall in love with this man. Get Try to get him to marry you. Oh, he married someone else? You gotta kill him. Duh. <laughs> like, like how, how dare he? I know you still love him, but he's got to go. Uh, I don't like. Um, we have one more story, right? We do. We have... About Beauty and the Beast. Okay. Which is also based on a true story. How is that a true story? It's just bestiality? <laughs> uh, mm, no. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> just, it's it's interesting. Okay, just tell me. Um, so it's based on a real life event, and at the age of 10 years old, Petrus Gonsalves. Who... Why do they always have to have weird names that we can't pronounce? <laughs> because they're not from America. Shut up. <laughs> okay. And Americans are stupid. <laughs> kind of. If you think about it. Sorry, America. Love you. Um, but he was sent from Spain to France to King Henry II's court in 1537 because he had a bodily disformity. Oh. And... The very rare condition that we now know today as hypertrichosis. Okay. Which is the very rare uh, condition where you you have very a lot of body hair growing on all over you. So oh, you look like a beast, basically. Yeah, I've seen that um, at the wilderness in the Dells. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, Some... it's worse than that. Oh, but... I don't know. That was pretty rough. <laughs> Still brave enough to take a shirt off, though, so uh, well, go ahead. More power to him. Uh, but in 1537, people with these interesting peculiarities were considered a hot commodity in royal courts. So that is why they sent him to King Henry and okay. his court. Alright. Um, the king basically, my fair ladyed him. And for those of you who don't know what I mean by that, there's that whole literature situation where this very, very rich guy took this poor beggar woman in who had a very terrible dialect mm -hmm. and made her a prim and proper lady with a good accent, with a better dialect and everything like that, just basically bettering herself. Okay. And he did the same thing with his child, gave him a good education, um, good clothes, a groomer. <laughs> a groomer? <laughs> Basically, um... Here, get up on this table. We'll tie your collar to this. <laughs> because he had such, like... He took such a liking to the boy. Catherine's wife... Uh, not Catherine's wife. King Henry's wife... Catherine. Catherine, yes. Right. Uh, she made it her mission to find him a wife in order to try and reproduce his genes in his offspring. No. <laughs> keeping his... And like he would keep, she would keep his looks a secret until she found the correct person. Well, how do you know if it's the correct person if they've never seen him? I don't know. These she, fairy tales to, and their romance to, gets me. They just had to find. She had to find someone who would appreciate someone for what's on the inside and on the outside. They've got a great personality. <laughs> Basically, uh, but she found someone by the name Catherine. Not right. herself, but another girl named Catherine, another who is very Catherine. pretty. Gotcha. Very, a lot of beauty. Ha ha. There's where that comes in, too. Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> um, but she was not expecting a nobleman in a, quote, hairy wolf's package. <laughs> <laughs> unquote. That's the best quote-unquote we've ever had in here. Um, and, but just like in the movie, 
in a series of different events, she was won over by him, marrying him and producing seven children. So he really did have a great personality. Yeah. That or <laughs> he was right. wild in bed. He or was a both. beast in bed. Ah. You know what? Hated we gotta be done with this. Okay. This is... Anyways. <laughs> uh, they were married 40 years, had seven kids, three with the same condition. Yikes. Europe's traveling sideshow fever snatched the three kids from them. And you just stole them? Yep. And stole gave, the children? And gave them as gifts to royal families. Okay. <laughs> these kids... These Here's are... an extra mouth to feed. That's a great gift. You have the money. There you go. Uh, but all three of these kids lived a well-respected life. Um, they were members of their courts and were well-educated. And there is one... One of the kids, uh, Antoinetta, who was famously memorialized in series of portraits. Oh. So you just see this furry little child. Great. In fancy clothes. That was just the start of all the Sasquatch (laughs) rumors. Basically. But yeah. Huh. All right. Well, that's interesting. I'm sure there's a million fairy tales that we missed because Mm -hmm. there are so many and pretty much all of them have such a intense, twisted origin. There was another version I can sum up in like very short amount of time of Beauty and the Beast where the Beast told Belle, uh, told the girl that she rele- will release her for a week to go back to her family, but she mm-hmm. must return after that week is up. And her sisters kept her and convinced her to stay in order for the Beast to come and kill her. What? <laughs> because her sisters were jealous of her beauty. Oh. Oh, no. Yeah. It's always terrible sisters. Stepmothers and sisters, I tell ya. And those enchantresses. Yeah. Huh. Alright, well, on that note... <laughs> um, so the Brothers Grimm had a lot of very... I always just want to say Grimm stories. I mean, you're not wrong, though. <sighs> it's too many Grimm's in one sentence! Hmm. Um, Some have more than one M, so... <laughs> it's technically different. I mean, it is different, yeah. but it's also technically the same. Um, moving on. So, the Grimm brothers and all of their research, their writing, their publications, everything led to the modern study of folklore, which we seem to be obsessed with today. You know, all of these Disney films, all of just this children's storybooks, everything... Thankfully, uh, they've been way toned down. Thank God. <laughs> They're way more uh, child-friendly, but yeah, they've... Like, just think about showing your child that, Yeah. like, of the actual stories right. and what they I, would end up growing up as. I can't imagine that, but anyways, that's the Brothers Grimm, and that's uh, a handful of our classic favorites. And... From Brothers Grimm and others. Yeah. So, I don't know. We'll probably do a Peter Pan one, specifically, because there's a lot going on with yeah. that. And I think that's it. All right, bye. All right, bye.